Good morning, good morning, and welcome to the latest edition of Talk Back, hosted by yours truly, Gloria Shea. I certainly hope you're having a great start to your weekend. Today is Saturday, June the 1st, and on last Saturday, we actually brought Talk Back to you from Greenville, South Carolina. I was there visiting my family and celebrating the union the of Kimberly and Ladarius there in Greenville, South Carolina, Kimberly being my niece. And I just had a glorious time. The wedding was simply fabulous, I must say. And I and a great time was had by all. I want to certainly congratulate Kimberly and Ladarius and say to you if you're listening, congratulations. May you have many, many, many years of uh, wedding bliss. May your union and your marriage be very fruitful. And may you continue to uh, obey God and simply love one another. Again, welcome to Talk Back. Great to have you with me again this Saturday morning. We're going to take care of just a bit of business. I um, want to share with you our sponsor, who is Safe Step Walk In Top. If you yourself or if you have a loved one whose lifestyle has changed and you're having a bit of trouble getting in and out of your bathroom tub, give Safe Step Walk In Top a call at 1-888-214-7020. That's 1-888-214-7020. You can also go to their website at www.gotosafestep.com. So, a lot of things going on in the political realm all across the globe. We're going to kind of stick to what's been happening here uh, in our own country. And uh, we know that the president uh, is coming off of a visit to Japan. And I'm sure he's um, thinking that it was a great success. But the media uh, is really saying that the success was really hailed by Japan. Uh, Nothing really unusual that was accomplished during this visit with the prime minister of Japan, uh, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. And uh, pretty much I think he was able to showcase more of his strength of his country's alliance with the U.S. That's what foreign leaders do when they meet with the most powerful uh, man in the world. Uh, it generally displays their strength to the world and to their own uh, adversaries versus us looking strong. We didn't accomplish anything with our meeting with um, North Korea. We didn't accomplish anything meeting with Vladimir Putin of Russia, and we did not accomplish anything meeting with the Prime Minister here of Japan. So, just weird, uh, another weird weird episode. He played a lot of golf. He certainly had um, a dinner and enjoyed himself, but what was accomplished, I'm not hearing anything. There were no real talks of trade, so I don't know what was, what was the meaning of it all. As I stated, Every foreign government that meets with our current president comes out looking better than he does. Why? Who knows? Uh, but um, <laughs> the four-day visit to Japan, uh, our president did manage to contradict his national security advisor and some of the other top officials on two key issues, insisting that the recent North Korean missile test did not violate the U.N resolutions and saying he did not seek a regime regime change in Iran, uh, which Bolton has championed for years. So uh, our national security advisor, John Bolton, um, and our secretary of state, by the way, Mike Pompeo, 
have been very aggressive with Iran recently and uh, now with North Korea uh, with this missile test. They're saying it violated the U.S. Uh, the U.N. Uh, resolutions, but Trump disregarded that, contradicted it, publicly contradicting his own national security advisor and the Secretary of State, especially on nuclear issues. So here again, this just manifests more and more confusion globally. It does not help our country. It does not help the look of our president. And I'm just totally uh, over it. I wish he would, um, before making a public statement for all the world to hear, pretty much... uh, agree with his own national security advisor, don't you think, or his own secretary of state. It's just, it's hilarious to to say the least. Um, now, he was there in Japan. Another thing happened on that trip that I found kind of appalling. Um, he was there on Thursday, and someone from the White House, it's being said, directed officials there to... Uh, while the president was visiting Japan to cover uh, the USS John S. McCain warship. So President Trump on Thursday said somebody who was well-meaning had directed the Navy to obscure the warship, the USS John S. McCain, while Trump was visiting Japan. But he said he had no advanced knowledge of this. He did not order it. He wasn't aware of it. Here again, our president took another opportunity to show his disdain for our late Senator John McCain, a war hero. And uh, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know why he feels it necessary to show utterly disdain for a war hero of our country that the people love, who gave his life his country literally we all know the story he was captured he was tortured brutally held captive for many many years before he was released and his father was an admiral his grandfather was an admiral in the navy and um it's unbelievable the things that this president will say about john mccain he says i'm not a big fan of john mccain john mccain in any shape or form and he said somebody did it because they thought I didn't like him, and but they were well-meaning. In other words, what they did was not disgraceful or unwarranted or unnecessary, but it was well-meaning. And this is coming from the President of the United States, the greatest and most powerful, well, excuse me, the most powerful country in the world. He went on, he took time to go over the differences he had in McCain about how he voted no in the health care bill, essentially killing the bill. He went on to talk about that. He said, I've never liked him. I'm not a fan, never will be a fan. And it is just outrageous. So the ship was named uh, for McCain before he died. They added his name to the ship actually before he died. And the, the ship yeah, is stationed in Japan. It's, and it's been there uh, being repaired after a crash in 2017. Also, here's something that's interesting. The crew of the McCain ship was not invited to an event during Trump's visit. 
there. A Navy official speaking on the condition of the autonomy said it was because the crew was released from duty for a long holiday weekend along with sailors from other ships. A senior Navy official confirmed Wednesday that he was aware that someone at the White House sent a message to service officials in the specific requesting that the USS John McCain be kept out of the picture while the president was there. The U.S. Navy reportedly went to great lengths to shield Trump from seeing the ship. An official said they first covered the name with a tarp, then they used a barge to block the name and gave the sailors on the ship the day off. So, on his way there, once he got there in Japan, um, he managed to here again just um, show distaste for a war uh, hero here in our own country. I don't get why that's necessary for him to do. I, I mean, I more and more I get Trump now, who he really, why don't we just see him for who and what he really is? Yes, he's our president. Yes, he's everyone's president. Yes, he is. I didn't vote for him. Those that did vote for him. Yes, he is all of our president. Yes. In a time of distress or war, of whatever came to that point, God forbid, we must be united as one, as citizens of this country. Yes. But why are we blind by who this president really, really is, his character? Why don't we see him for who he really is? I just don't know. But I I think that was appalling for him to say that, it was done, it, you know, that whomever decided to do this, whomever ordered this out of the White House, um, he says he didn't do it, but he thought that whomever did was well-meaning. And um, I think that's pretty appalling. We have so much going on on the world stage here at home. There's no time for that. There just simply is no time for it. And uh, so that happened after he arrived in Japan. And uh, Defense Secretary Patrick Shanahan uh, knew of the White House concerns and approved military officials' efforts to obscure the name. So this was a consorted effort on behalf of the administration in the White House there to do this. Megan McCain, the daughter of John McCain, uh, the late Senator... Uh, who is now a co-host on uh, The View, ABC's The View, said that she called Trump a child who will always be deeply threatened by the greatness of my dad's incredible life. She said the ship was named after my great-grandfather and grandfather, both famous admirals in the Navy, and my father was added as namesake after he died. Get a life, she wrote to Trump. Former Vice President Joe Biden also was asked about the episode Thursday as he attended a Memorial Day service in Newcastle, Delaware. He said, John McCain was a war hero. He should be treated as a war hero, Biden said. Anything less than that is beneath anyone who doesn't treat him that way. Um, Senator Martha McSally, she's a Republican in Arizona, a member of the Senate Armed Services Committee, 
that will hold confirmation hearings for Shanahan said in a statement Thursday that she was appalled to hear of the allegations surrounding the USS John S. McCain. And they're calling for a full investigation. There needs to be a full investigation into who ordered it and what occurred. John McCain's legacy deserves nothing but honor and respect from everyone, said McSally, who is who was appointed to the Senate and faces an election next year. So there are some Republicans, it appears, who are just as upset about this action as the Democrats. So we'll see. I, I agree. That's It's appalling. It never should happen. It should never come out of the mouth of our president. This should never happen. But it... it it's, it's nothing new. It's been happening now during his um, campaign. And then now after, of course, he's been in office for the last couple of years. So this is what we are getting and in, in living in a Trump world. This is the Trump world. Let's face it. I want to take a bit of moment to talk about Mueller's report. I've covered it. Um, we've, I did a show a few weeks ago after the report was released, was released, which has now been about five weeks ago, five, six weeks ago, the report was officially released. The redacted report report was released by the attorney general Barr, And I want to take an effort to kind of revisit that if I may, but I want to focus on because, uh, Bob Mueller came out. A uh, day or so ago, and um, talked about his report, and I guess he did this to clarify some issues. Um, it appears that the attorney general misrepresented, in many facets, what the special counsel wanted to say. He got a, and let's face it, I think Mueller's late, too late on this. I think uh, Barr got the jump here. He came out, he gave his version of the Mueller report. He's still uh, going on different news feeds and talking about how he differs from Mueller's uh, standing. But I believe that Mueller um, has made a catastrophic mistake, even with his report, by not having a, a conclusion. Yes, a U.S. sitting president cannot be indicted, but Mueller's, uh, I think he's made a terrible mistake. I really do. So I want to take a moment and I want to go over uh, the Mueller report and uh, talk more, um, take a closer look on the conspiracy to damage and target our election system. Uh, but first, what we're going to do is we're going to tell you about Safe Step Walk-In Tub. Again, this is our sponsor, um, Safe Step Walk-In Tub. They are, they have the industry's leading low step in. So if you have a shower uh, or bath unit and you are having trouble getting in and out of your tub, call Safe Step Walk-In Tub at 1-888-214-7020. That's one 1-888- 214-7020 or you can certainly go to their website at www.gotosafestep.com so that's what I want to do I want to kind of just go here head first into this Mueller report and kind of summarize what he's actually said about the Russian interference how serious that was because let's remember 
on his statement, his public statement there at the steps of the DOJ, the Department of Justice, his last words were, uh, this happened and every American citizen should be very, very concerned about it. This is not something that we should toss to the side. Can, can I do it? Because I promise you, every report, every intelligence report is still saying they're still at it. It's still, it's going to happen again. And this time they're coming with even more of a force. So we must stay and we must adhere and we must pay close attention to what is happening here. So the presidential campaign of Donald Trump um, kind of, I mean, this is where this all started with the presidential campaign, right? The presidential campaign of Donald J. Trump showed interest in WikiLeaks and pretty much welcomed their potential to damage candidate Clinton, Hillary Clinton. We know this to be true. This is not hearsay. It's not a fantasy. Happened. And by the way, early on, Clinton was saying, when she did, when she d- discovered this, she went public with it. She said it. it was the Russians. They interfered and they should be held accountable. This began in June of 2016. This is according to the redacted report. WikiLeaks first release came in July of 2016, around the same time that then-candidate Trump announced that he hoped Russia would recover emails described as missing from a private server used by Clinton when she was Secretary of State. Although later on, remember, he was just speaking sarcastically, he said, but do you remember this was live and living color when he said this? So, happened on tape, right? Okay. So, then WikiLeaks begin, well, here's what happened. They start releasing uh, Podesta stolen emails on October 7th of 2016, less than one hour after a U.S. media outlet released video considered damaging to candidate Trump. Okay. So, President Trump speaks out before everyone so the world could hear. And he announced that he hoped Russia would recover emails missing from a private server used by Clinton when she was Secretary of State. Although he later retracted that. So now Russia contact has contacts with the campaign. Here's how. The social media campaign and the GRU, which is a hacking operation, coincided with a series of contacts between Trump campaign officials and individuals with ties to the Russian government. The office investigated whether those contacts reflected or resulted in the campaign conspiring or coordinating with Russia in its election interference activities. Although the investigation established that the Russian government perceived it would benefit from a Trump presidency, and this was confirmed, remember the meeting between President uh, Trump and Vladimir, their first meeting, and the reporter asked Vladimir Putin if he preferred that Trump would be elected over Hillary, and he simply said, yes, I would. I did prefer I would 
it was my hope that yes, President Trump would win. Came out of Vladimir Putin's mouth, on tape, on video for the world to see. Okay, so, then the Russian context consisted of business connections, right? Offers of assistance to the campaign, invitations for candidate Trump and Putin to meet in person, invitations for campaign officials and representatives of the Russian government to meet and policy positions seeking uh, improve U.S.-Russian relations. Um, Section 4 of this report, the Mueller report, details the contacts between Russia and the Trump campaign during the campaign and transition periods. And most, um, I mean, this happened. 2015, here's what we know. 2015, some of the earliest contacts were made in connection with the Trump Organization real estate project in Russia known as Trump Tower Moscow. Candidate Trump signed a letter of intent for Trump Tower Moscow by November 2015 and in January 2016, Trump Organization executive Michael Cohen, who is now serving sentence, he has a three-year sentence, okay, Executive Michael Cohen emailed and spoke about the project with the Office of Russian Government Press Secretary. The Trump Organization pursued the project through at least June of 2016, including by considering travel to Russia by Cohen and candidate Trump. This is all coming from the Mueller's report. So spring of 2016, here's what we know. Campaign foreign policy advisor George Papadopoulos made early contact with a gentleman by the name of Joseph uh, Mifsud, a London-based professor who had connections to Russia and traveled to Moscow in April of 2016. Immediately upon his return to London from that trip, uh, Joseph told Papadopoulos that the Russian government had dirt on Hillary Clinton in the form of thousands of emails. A week later, in the first week of May of 2016, Papadopoulos suggested to a representative of the foreign government that the Trump campaign had received indications from the Russian government that it could assist the campaign through the anonymous release of information damaging to candidate Clinton. Throughout that period of time and for several months thereafter, Papadopoulos worked with Joseph and two Russian nationals to arrange a meeting between the campaign and the Russian government. But no meeting took place. Here's what we know. Summer of 2016, Russian outreach to the Trump campaign continued into the summer of 2016, as then-candidate Trump was becoming the presumptive Republican nominee for president. On June 9th of 2016, for example, a Russian lawyer met with senior Trump campaign official Donald Trump Jr., Jared Kushner, and campaign chairman Paul Manafort to deliver what the email proposing the meeting had described as official documents and information that would incriminate Hillary. So let me take a pause here. So even when Donald Trump was brought in before the uh, special counsel. His statement was, and publicly his statement was, that it was about adoption, Russian adoption. 
But that's not what the meeting was about. Here's what we know. Here's what we know. On June 9th of 2016, a Russian lawyer met with Donald Trump Jr., Jared Kushner, and campaign chairman Paul Manafort to deliver what the email proposing, because the email that was sent to Donald was talking about dirt on Hillary Clinton. And he said, if it's what I think, this is what came out of Donald Trump Jr.'s mouth. If it's what I think it is, I love it. The materials were offered to Trump Jr. as part of Russian, of Russia and its government support for Mr. Trump. The written communication setting up the meeting showed that the campaign anticipated receiving information from Russia that could assist candidate Trump's electoral prospects. That's what we know. That happened. This is all coming from Mueller's report. Interesting, right? Very, very interesting. So, um, I don't know how Donald Jr. has managed to escape perjury charges because he lied to the special counsel. He's been lying all over national TV. This meeting that took place was not about Russian adoption. It was to supply them with information that would damage then-candidate Hillary Clinton. Days after the June 9th meeting, on June 14th, a cybersecurity firm in the DNC announced that Russia government hackers had infiltrated the DNC and obtained access to opposition research on candidate Trump. Um, happened. This is what happened. In July of 2016, here's what we know. Campaign foreign policy advisor Carter Page traveled um, in his personal capacity to Moscow and gave the keynote address at the new economic school. Now, Carter Page, right? He was part of the, he was one of the focus in this investigation by Mueller. He was a focus of the 2017 special counsel investigation between Trump's associates and Russian officials. In April 2019, the Mueller report revealed that while Mueller found the Russia government interfered with the 2016 U.S. president election, there were unanswered questions about Page's actions and his motives as a result of the confusing and contradictory testimony he provided investigators. They, the, the investigators did find no direct evidence that Page however coordinated Trump's campaign activities within the Russian government. That's coming from a news feed, but we know that's not true. Coming from Mueller's report, he was part of the orchestration. Carter Page. Now who is Carter Page? He's an American petroleum industry consultant, and he's um, a former foreign policy advisor, of course, to Trump. He's no longer a foreign policy advisor to Trump, but he was during the 2016 campaign. He's also a founder and manager, partner of a company called Global Energy. It's like a one-man investment firm and consulting firm, and they specialize in the Russian and Central Asian oil and gas business. That's his background, Carter Page. But all over the place now, They've been, it's been said that the investigators found no direct evidence that Page coordinated Trump campaign activities with the Russian government. That's not what it's saying in the Mueller report. 
It's a total contradiction. Okay? You've been listening to Talk Back right here on Anchor Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Gloria Shea. And our sponsor is Safe Step Walk in Top. If your lifestyle has changed and you're just having a bit of trouble getting in and out of your tub, you call Safe Step Walk in Top at 1 888 214 7020. That's 1 888 214 7020. Or you can certainly go to their website at www.gotosafestep.com. So we know this happened because it's been revealed. It's in the report. It's in the Mueller's report. July of 2016 was also the month that WikiLeaks first released email stolen from the DNC. On July 22nd of 2016, WikiLeaks posted thousands of of internal DNC documents revealing information about the Clinton campaign. Within days, there was public reporting that U.S. intelligence agencies had high confidence that the Russian government was behind the theft of emails and documents from DNC. Within a week of the release, a foreign government informed the FBI about its May 2016 interaction with Papadopoulos and his statements that the Russian government could assist the Trump campaign. July 31st of 2016, based on the foreign government reporting, the FBI opened an investigation into potential coordination between the Russian government and individuals associated with the Trump campaign. So now, remember, news is coming out now that Trump has released his henchman Barr to go back and check the checkers and investigate the FBI on to how this started, why it started. Barr even said in a recent interview that he's asking questions that are not being answered and it just doesn't look right. Well, this is why the investigation started. I'm giving you day de- I'm giving you months in the year. This is why it was started. It was uh, it was pretty much it pretty much began July of 2016. Right after it was a, it was like a month uh, in that month of July, WikiLeaks released the first email stolen from the DNC. And on July 22nd, it posted thousands of DNC documents revealing information about the Clinton campaign. So as we round out the month of July in 2016, based on the foreign government reporting, the FBI opened up an investigation into political coordination between Russian government and individuals associated with the Trump campaign, being Carter Page being one of them. Carter Page, by the way, has an investment firm, a consulting firm, so say to speak, so to speak, specializing in Russian and Central Asian oil and gas business. That's his background. He's no longer special counsel. He's no longer, by the way, Carter Page is, uh, he's no longer a foreign policy advisor to Trump, but he was then. He was in July of 2016. Okay, so on August 2nd of 2016, Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort met in New York City with his longtime business associate, Klemnenek, who the FBI assessed to have ties to Russian intelligence, 
and, and what happened was um, he requested a meeting to deliver in person a peace plan for Ukraine that Manafort acknowledged to the special counsel office was a backdoor way for Russia to control part of eastern Ukraine. Both men believed the plan would require then-candidate Trump's um, help to succeed were he to be elected president. They also discussed the status of the Trump campaign and Manafort's strategy for winning Democratic votes in Midwestern states. Months before the meeting, Manafort had called, had caused inter, internal polling data to be shared with Klemenek, and the sharing continued for some period of time after their August meeting. These are things that we know, proven. The special counsel has already investigated and found it to be true. In the fall of 2016, on October 7th, the media released video of candidate, then-candidate Trump speaking in graphic terms about women years earlier, which was considered damaging to his candidacy. Less than an hour later, Willie, WikiLeaks made its second release. Thousands of John Podesta's emails that had been stolen by the GRU in late March 2016, the FBI and other government institutions were at that time, at the time, continuing their investigation of suspected Russian government efforts to interfere in the presidential election. That same day, October 7th, the Department of Homeland Security and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence issued a joint public statement that the Russian government directed the recent co compromises of emails from the U.S. persons and institutions, including the U.S. political organizations. So, post-2016 election, immediately after November 8 election, Russian government officials and prominent Russian businessmen began trying to make inroads into the new administration. Immediately. The Russian embassy made contact hours after the election to congratulate the president-elect and to arrange a call with President Putin. The, these are things that we know happened. We know this happened. Going to have to stop here. We're going to continue this topic. We're going to. I'm going to reveal more information that's out of the. That's coming straight from the Mueller's report to you on our next show. So don't miss it. Until next time, America.